office is dead, cause Hasso is dead Jimmy Hendrix and Janis Joplin is dead Marilyn Monroe is dead, however Jesus is alive Hello everybody, this is Marcus Staples, your servant Jesus Christ, coming to you with another edition of Unpacking the Theology, the show that unpacks the reason behind the rhyme in Christian hip-hop. Well, this is our 50th episode. That's right, the big 5-0. We're halfway to 100. I just want to say thank you, everybody, because without you listeners, there is no show, and we wouldn't have made it this far. So we're not quite 50 songs, But we're 50 episodes in, and so I hope you've enjoyed what we've put out so far, and I hope that you continue to listen and invite all your friends and family and anyone in your church or anyone who's looking to get into Christian hip-hop or anyone who already loves Christian hip-hop, that you send them our way and that we can continue to bring more shows to you and we can delve deeper into more Christian hip-hop. With that said, today's episode is going to wrap up our unpacking of Shylin's album, The Atonement, by Lamp Mode Recordings. We'll be doing our sixth and final track from the album, Jesus is Alive. Our verse for this track comes out of Luke chapter 24. We'll be starting at the beginning of the chapter. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and on the third day rise? And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. That's right, Jesus is alive. And we're going to talk about that. So we'll start by talking about the hooks of this song. One thing to note is that they're all different, but they all follow the same general pattern. They all name the names of famous people who are dead and contrast them with Jesus, who's alive. The first two correspond and are directly referenced with the verse that follows it. The first hook focuses on modern icons, mostly musicians, all of them who are now deceased. The second focuses on prophets, preachers, scholars, and teachers, people who have influenced modern life both religiously and philosophically, people like Muhammad, Socrates, and Gandhi, just to name a few that shine names. The third and the fourth hooks follow a more similar theme. Both speak of great conquerors and leaders, many of whom in their day considered themselves gods, yet all of them met death in the end. Though, the final part of the last hook ironically names characters instrumental in putting Christ to death, whom all died. Yet, the one whom they were responsible for putting to death is alive. Again, ironic. Now, before I get to breaking down the verses, I do want to note that there are a lot of scriptural references that I could have done in this song. But, I don't want to spend too much time going through this, because it's pretty straightforward. Because Jesus is alive, and that's plain in scripture, and that's a stated fact. So, there will be a couple of scriptures we're going to spend a little time on, but I'm not going to spend as much time doing scripture as I could for this episode. So, we'll start in verse 1, which is themed, Jesus is God and he's alive. So, we all know that Jesus is the king, and he's seated at the right hand of God. 
he was raised from the dead to atone for the sins of his people, which is something we covered in our last episode. Those who are in the spotlight today are eventually going to die, and they're going to be forgotten, whether they're forgotten in the next 5 years, or 10 years, or 25 years, or 50 years, or 100 years, or 2 or 300 years. Eventually, the memory of that person is going to fade. I mean, how many philosophers were there in Socrates' day? Hundreds, probably thousands, and how many of them do we know the names of? A handful? Maybe? And eventually their names are going to fade out. But the name that's not going to fade out is Jesus. And why? It's because he's not dead. He's alive. And because he's alive, his worth and his fame is going to spread through all the earth, and it's going to stay there. Now, on to the second verse. And it focuses on the fact that Jesus is not just another human who had good teaching. I'm going to read two passages of scripture before I get to talking about what's discussed in this verse. The first one comes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul writes, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to also me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. Our second passage of scripture is a bit longer, and it comes out of Acts chapter 5. We're picking up in the middle of a story, but we'll be reading enough context to understand the points that I'm going to be trying to make. We're going to be starting at verse 27. When they had brought them, they stood them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. Look, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood on us? But Peter and the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than people. The God of our forefathers raised up Jesus, who you seized and killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him to his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these events. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Now, when they heard this, they became furious and wanted to execute them. But a Pharisee whose name was Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was respected by all the people, stood up in the council and ordered the men to be put aside for a short time. Then he said to the council, Men of Israel, pay close attention to what you are about to do to these men. For some time ago, Theodos rose up, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed, and nothing came of it. After him, Judas the Galilean arose in the days of the census, and incited people to follow him in revolt. He too was killed, and all who followed him were scattered. So in this case, I say to you, stay away from these men and leave them alone. Because if this plan or this undertaking originates with people, it will come to nothing. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop them. Or you may even be found fighting against God. He convinced them. People nowadays, especially atheists or anti-theists, compare Jesus with other ancient teachers. They say he was just a really moral man or he was a magician. Some will even admit, yeah, maybe he did work some miracles or things that weren't explained, but 
He was, that's all he was, is he was a man. Even the Muslims claim that Jesus was only a prophet of God, not God himself. But the thing is, if that was true, then Christianity had no reason to spread. If Christ would have died, as we had just read in the book of Acts, his followers would have just fallen apart, as all the other ones who claimed to be something in his time did. But these disciples did more than that. They didn't just not scatter after the Romans crucified Christ, but they were martyred. And they weren't martyred for just something they simply believed in. If that were the case, if Christ didn't die and the disciples really did steal the body, as a lot of anti-Christians would say, then it's unlikely that every single one of them would have met their death without admitting the truth. Dying for what you believe in is one thing. Dying for what you know for a fact is a lie? That's a whole nother case. But it's not just that. If Jesus was really only a good teacher, what would be the point in killing him? If Jesus' message was, let's all live together and hold hands and be in peace with one another. What is the purpose to kill that? The Romans would have loved this message and they would have encouraged it. But that's not what the message that they preached was. We just saw two examples, one in 2 Corinthians and the other one in our passage from Acts. What were they preaching? They were preaching Christ resurrected. This, Paul states, is a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Greeks. That's the message that earned the apostles' martyrdom, including the apostle Paul. But another thing to note is the 500 witnesses that Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians. Paul wasn't simply mentioning this as an arbitrary thing. It wasn't like some people these days quote statistics. Oh, you know that 2.3% of so-and-so does so-and-so that he pulled from a random study that he found somewhere. But this is Paul bringing forth his witnesses to his claim that Christ resurrected, that this many people saw him. And not only that, he's name dropping. He wouldn't be dropping names if they were arbitrary. But he's citing credible sources, incredible witnesses, people that were still alive. Notice he focused on the people still being alive. That the people in Corinth could question, could go and seek out and find that had seen the risen Christ. This is similar to arguing in a court case. When you have a court case in those days, the Jewish law required at least two witnesses for a claim to be substantiated as truth. Here, Paul is providing more than 500 in our day and age in the American court system, it only takes one credible witness for someone to be convicted of a crime. Again, Paul has 500. If the people at Corinth went out and talked to these different people, even to half of them, because Paul does note that some of them have died, they would all tell you the same story, that they saw the risen Christ. And if that's the case, it's no longer a matter of if Jesus could rise from the dead, but rather a matter of fact that he did. And with that, we'll move to the third verse, where Shai focuses on the theme of, because Jesus is alive, those who put their faith in him are reconciled to God. Paul writes to the church in Philippi, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. The church is united with Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And even though without the Holy Spirit it's against our nature, the Spirit within us opens our eyes to the truth of the resurrection. 
We're going to end with this from the prophet Isaiah. Come now, let us reason together, says Yahweh. Though your sins are scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. Jesus is alive, and because he's alive, we now have access to the Father through faith. And that's it. That wraps up our unpacking of Shylin's album, The Atonement. If you're interested in picking up this album, head over to our website, unpackingthetheology.wordpress.com, where you can find a link to buy it. Also on our website, you can find all 50 episodes that we've made, organized by artist and topic. And if you'd like to contact us, you can send an email to unpackingthetheology at gmail.com, or head over to our Facebook at facebook.com forward slash unpackingthetheology, where you can leave questions or comments or suggestions. And while you're there, tell everyone you know about us. The only way word of our show spreads is if you're the one spreading it. So get out there on all your social media and let the world know about Unpacking the Theology. With that, I just want to say Happy Easter, and we hope you can join us for our next Unpacked. Thank you, and God bless. He's alive, y'all. All praise to the risen one, the Lord Jesus. What? Yeah. Uh.